All right, everybody. We are on episode 98 of the Kerrville Podcast. Woo-hoo! My friend, Jeff Tallarico. Thank you for coming, Jeff. No worries, John. Glad to be here. And thank you for not leaving me hanging this time. I would not ever do that. We had we had to cut and redo because I had my hand out for three minutes and he didn't even notice. Didn't notice. <laughs> We are in the sunroom of the Jam Broadcasting Studio. For those of y'all who have been watching since day one, we were in the Mike FM studio, and now we're in here. That's where I did the first show with you guys. Yeah, before um, Transformation Church, Master's Touch Communication has been around for over 20 years, but I'd like to talk about Transformation Church. Okay, what do you want to know? Well, the first time you were on, it it was an idea. And it was something that was in your mind. You were manifesting it, and you made it happen. Interestingly enough, today, February 7th, is our two-year anniversary. We launched on February 7th of 2021, and it has been extremely blessed since then. We started with about eight people. We're pretty consistent around 60 now, and that is just amazing for us. It is a challenge and a process to get from eight to 60. What advice do you have to those who are running a church and gathering people? What, I mean, why do you have 60 people? How'd you get there? A lot of prayer, a lot of love. I think that is the biggest thing. There are lots of great churches in Kerrville. I mean, fantastic churches in Kerrville. I have a lot of good friends that are pastors and they run really great churches when we decided to launch a church, it wasn't my decision at all. It was a, a vision that God gave us. It was the Holy Spirit prodding me along this entire time to do this. So we went into it with, with prayer. It is not my church. I don't ever want anyone to look at it as being my church. I'm just the guy there right now. Why? Why do you not call it your church? Because I'm not God. God alone is God. And I am just trying to do what he's asked me to do for this season. I don't know how long it'll last. I'm hoping it's the last thing I really ever do in my life. I love doing it. For those of y'all listening, um, for those listening, how does somebody get in touch with you? Where do they find you? Where do they find your church? Or where Uh, do they find the church? The church. Uh, The church has a website. It is www.findtransformation.com. That will give you pretty much all the details. There's a, a church phone number on there. It's, uh, it's easy. It's 830-315-6525. Uh, it has an answering machine with it because, of course, we don't have a church office and we're not staffed yet. We're not that big. We're renting the auditorium at the, um, let's see, the, the full name of it, I believe, is the Natural Resources Conservation Center, otherwise known as the Upper Guadalupe River Authority. Yep. Uh, they are not affiliated with us at all. I rent their auditorium uh, every Sunday. Wow. You said something that that struck a spark with me. Voicemail. <laughs> okay. Before we get before we get too deep into this, sometimes I call you just to hear your voicemail. Don't answer. <laughs> no, but but Jeff Tallarico leaves. He records a new message every single day. He says the date of the day, and he says, it's, it's not a, a passage. No, but it's just an inspirational quote. Why do you do that? Why not? That's the question. Why wouldn't I? Is it worth the, the investment in time that it takes to leave that message? Let me ask it this way. How do you feel when you call it? Oh, it's amazing. I said, wow. He is just not like... Hey, this is John. Leave a message by like, okay, that's set. I'm going to, you take time every single day to do that. And it makes me think, wow, he would take time to do that every day. I wonder what he would do with me. The whole premise of, I believe God has put me on this earth is to share what I have with other people, to be able to take something that he has given me. And that's the skills and the abilities that I have to speak and to coach and to listen and to pastor people and share that part of it. That that's all I'm called to do. I truly believe that John, since I ever had a voicemail and I'm talking 20 plus years now, I have changed my voicemail message every day. It's just 
inspiration. And people I don't even know send me messages and say thank you for that. And it's it's more than just voicemail. I mean, I, I'm not a big fo- Facebook guy. I mean, I, I don't get on there and just randomly post what's on my mind. Although, I mean, unless it has to do with my wife's dog, then I do yeah. that. But I change my my post every morning on Facebook and whatever I put on Facebook is normally the message I'm leaving on my, on the voicemail. And you've got to understand I have one, two, three different voicemails that I change every day and that Facebook post that I change every day. And it also goes to Instagram and Twitter. But if somebody just gets something from that, they needed to hear that today. I don't know who they are, but it makes a difference. Has it happened? Has somebody ever told you, hey, look, I was having a bad day and I just, I listened to what you said. Absolutely. And that makes it worth it. Huh? it. It makes it worth it. My my tagline for my company is adding value to the world one person at a time. Mm. If anybody gets anything out of anything I have to offer, I've done my job. Whether I'm talking to an audience of 50 people, five people, or 5,000 people, if one person gets what I said, that message was for them. And I feel fulfilled. So when, when we initially had the first podcast, you were talking about sales and how sales has a bad rap sometimes because it's perceived the wrong way. Absolutely. And that I took so much value from that. <laughs> you were talking about providing value and through each interaction and not just closing somebody, but building a relationship and not just sell me this pin but do you need a pen? Absolutely. Too many times people will look at, at a prospect and they look at them with dollar signs. Mm. How much can I make? And that is the totally wrong way to look at someone. I, in fact, I just shared this in church the other day. I was talking about, um, we were talking about loving God and, and, and loving people because that's our mantra as well. But a section was, where do we put our emphasis? And I shared a story of my own personal life in, in sales. And this was back when I was in the, in the auto industry. And, and I used to wake up and I'd go, okay, first day of the month, how much do I want to make this month? And I would write that amount down. I mean, that was the goal. Then I would say, okay, how many days do I want to work this week? And I'd, I'd back into how much do I make a day? How many sales do I need to make on my average sales to get to the number yeah. that I need to make at the end of the month? And, and the last week of the month, I'd have to readjust if I didn't have enough sales or if I had... If I already hit the goal, I take more time off. I mean, that's what I did. My emphasis was on the numbers. Yeah, breaking down your goal in reverse. Yeah, which, which I get goal setting. Believe me, I do. But I had a life change. My change or my, my life needs to be, am I honoring God in everything that I do? I need to truly believe that his word says he's going to take care of me. He takes care of me. So I quit focusing on the numbers and my business got even better. How? Because I started focusing on people. I focused on relationships. That's what people look for. So car salesmen usually have a uh, stigma around them. Sure they do. And it's horrible. And was that hard to, because uh, so do real estate agents. I know. You, you know, and, and was that hard to, you know, when somebody walks up to, a car lot, and they're like, "Hey, I, I like that car," but they have this, this uh, barrier. Like they're they're ready. Like, come on, I'm ready. I did my research. I'm ready for the car salesman. You know, so when they met you and they spoke with you, and you weren't trying to sell them this pin, did did you ever change uh, somebody's perspective of car salesman? I I hope that I did. That's why I had so much repeat and referral business. I hardly ever took that fresh up, that person that just walked on the lot. Most of my business came from repeat and referrals because of the way I treated people. And I think if we as a society just get back to treating people the way we want to be treated, the golden rule, I don't care what everyone, you know, the new thing now is the platinum rule, you know, and and I'm like, that's so stupid. The golden rule covers it all. Just treat people the way you want to be treated. And it's amazing what can happen in life. Now, go back to the car salesman. We are all programmed. I don't care who you are. We are programmed to respond. You walk into JCPenney's, and if anyone, if if they ever say, how can we help you? What's your response? No, thank you. Just looking. 
Really? Then why are you there? We know you're looking. Is that really the response that we should have? Same thing happened on a car lot. I'm just looking. Well, no kidding. You came to the car lot. We know you're looking. You know, those are the things that run through people's minds. So we change the perspective. I mean, in, in the car industry, I used to do something totally different. Someone would show up on, on the car lot. I said, hey, I hear you're looking for something today because there's no, be other, no reason why you're here. Mm. What is it we can help you find? Changes the dynamic. I'm not asking you why you're there or is, is there something. You're there for a reason. Find out what the reason is. And it just changes the dialogue. That's beautiful. And, and <laughs> no, it really is. And you're talking about fundamentals, going back down to the basics, treat others the way you want to be treated and uh, just communicate, build relationships. And I got so much from that first podcast. And I think that's a beautiful thing about uh, not just the Curvo podcast, but any podcast. I, I think people, whatever you're into, whatever your profession is, I think you should start interviewing people that you want to be like that you look up to that's what i do i pick people around the community including you that i look up to and and um people who are better in their field than i am and people that i want to be like and i just interview them and some people pay for this <laughs> some people pay for this mentorship that that um i get through providing value to kerrville through interviewing you and and uh I think it's just a beautiful thing. I really, I really do. And that day in there, you were talking about sales and you, you flipped the script in my mind because <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm a closer. I got to close. I got to close. And then these past couple of years, I've been focusing on providing value, not only to the community, but to my clients, to my family. And, uh, that 30 minutes in there, it, it impacted my life. And thank you. Really. You're welcome. You're welcome. And that, to me, John, that's what it's all about. It, and sharing, again, sharing a part of what I have that might help somebody make a better decision. You know, there, I, I'm almost 59 years old. I've done this game for a right. long time. I've done nothing but commission sales my entire life. Noth I've never had a W-2 paycheck or that was based off a of salary or hourly. Mm -hmm. Some of the sales positions did pay me through W-2, but it was never an hourly wage or a salary that was set by somebody else. I've made my own way just through sales and treating people, in my opinion, the way I'd want to be treated. What do you do when times are hard and um, you're like, hey, look, I need to make mortgage. I need to make the, do you, how do you, okay, how do you turn the level up without focusing on the numbers? Where's your trust? It all goes back to, it goes back to your faith. And, and that, again, I don't know how people survive if they don't have a relationship with Christ. Because if you believe in Christ and you believe what his word says, there's nothing that you should fear. There's nothing that you, you should be afraid of whether you're going to make your mortgage payment or not. And, and I know reality sets in and, and it happens, but if you know how to do it correctly, and that's don't spend more than you make, put it away when, when, when things are really, really good, and it offsets when things are slow. Because mm. the economy will slow down. You will slow down with sales. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a nature of the beast. But to go from feast to famine and famine to feast is stupid. Don't spend more than you make. Yeah, it's very important, the fundamentals. Um you probably know my wife and I, heck, we lived in a below our means for four years to get out of debt, fix our credit, uh, put a down payment on a house and slowly Absolutely. better our lives. And we still have that frugal mentality, not not cheap, but just focusing on value. And do I need this? Am I, Dude, I want to go to Mamacita's three times a week. I do, but <laughs> I don't go once once a month. I really don't. If a client's treating me out to eat or whatever, yeah, I will. Absolutely. I don't want to be rude, you know, but, but, uh, I, I, I'm not, we have an assignment for every dollar and it's just not, we want our little soldiers. We put them elsewhere, you know, 
And uh, it might be that way for another year. It might be that way for another six months. But Or it could be that way for the rest of your life, and there's nothing wrong with that, John. Yeah. It, there's not. It, we, look, I have nice things, but I tithe. I have no debt other than my house payment. Mm. I just do what I think I'm called to do. And I don't, I don't do anything to brag or to boast. You know, I, I look at life a little different than other people. If God took it all away tomorrow, if, if he decided that he was going to allow me to be like Job, mm. okay, that's his choice, not mine. It's not going to change the way I feel about him. And it's not going to change the what I do to people or how I treat people. I have been wronged by tons of people in this community. You will never hear me say a bad word about them. Mm, I never have. It's it's on them. It's not on me. Yeah. And and that sometimes people can't understand having that deep of faith, but I truly do. I. How important? Know, how hard is it to forgive those people? To me? Yes. Forgiveness is easy. How? How? For somebody listening okay. who doesn't go to church, for somebody listening who is interested in Transformation Church, for, first of and all, to get this mentality. First of all, you have to believe that God is real. You have to believe that He is real. To understand forgiveness at the level that I'm talking about, you have to believe that God is real. The second thing you do is you have to have a relationship with Him. Because if you have that relationship with Him, you will understand that you will mess up each and every day of your life. You will understand that his rules that he gave us were only 10. Now, mind you, he gave us 10 rules, the 10 commandments. That's all he gave us. But through those rules, man cannot live by those rules. We mess up. Mm. So what God did was gave us a way to him to have eternal life, which is what he set up for us to begin with through his son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus came and died on the cross as the sacrificial lamb for the forgiveness of our sins for all time. The Jewish tradition, if, if you believe at all, the, the Jewish tradition was to sacrifice a lamb once a year on Passover for the forgiveness of this past year's sins. The next day, they started all over again. When Jesus came and died on that cross, that blood, that forgiveness covers us for all eternity. Our past, our present, and our future. It doesn't give us a license to just Go do. Yes. We can. We're forgiven. But I promise you, your life will not be content if you choose to do that. You can. Paul tells us that. But it's not real. Okay? So you have to understand that that relationship first. And when you do, you understand that you have now been forgiven for everything else. If you choose not to forgive someone else, that makes you bigger than God. And you're not bigger than God. Are you? No. So if God's willing to forgive, why do you not? Mm. What does forgiveness do to somebody's soul and mindset? Let's talk about unforgiveness. Let's talk about what unforgiveness does. Okay? Unforgiveness brings bad health. Unforgiveness puts you in a mood that you don't ever want to be in. Unforgiveness can make you stay at home because you don't want to go to a place that there might be somebody there that you don't want to see because they've done something to you. That's what unforgiveness does. Unforgiveness makes you the prisoner. Forgiveness sets you free. Forgiveness gives you a way to enjoy life again. It's not forgetting what someone has done to you. That's not, there you go. That's not it. It's not forgetting what they've done. It's just you've made the conscious decision to not allow it affect you anymore. What about yourself? What forgiving about, yourself? What about not forgiving yourself for, you know, getting to the point where you are? Not you, like, saying me. Like, I've made so many mistakes, Jeff. I have... I like through my alcoholism, through my, through my, um, time learning to become a man. Um, there were people who loved me and believed in me and it, and I let them down and, and I, it still, I still think about it. Okay. And it's, it's hard to, um, 
It's hard. You know? John, it goes back to the original question. Do you believe in God? Yes. If you believe in God and you believe that he sent his son to die for your sins and he's forgiven you for all those sins, are you better than him? No. Then forgive yourself because he's already forgiven you. It, let's, let's take one of your kids. One of your kids does something and they do, they do something wrong. You caught them. You, you caught them in a lie. You caught them doing something they shouldn't have been doing. They came to you and you disciplined them. Mm-hmm. And they said they, they were sorry. And you forgave them. Is it over? Their, their punishment? Their Is it over? Yeah. Well, yeah. So if that child came to you the next day and said, hey, remember what I did three days ago? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You going to forgive him again? Well, yeah. I'm like, hey, that, what do you... Then three days later, they come back to you and say, hey, remember what I did six days ago? Please forgive me. It's done. So, John, it's done. He's forgiven you already. And, And whoever's listening to this... You've been forgiven. Now go on and touch somebody else's life. Teach. Let, let what happened, let your past become a lesson for someone else to help them through this. That's what it's about. Too many, too many churches teach religion. Christianity is not a religion. Oh, Jeff. Christianity is a relationship. Religion has rules. Religion has, has things that we can't live up to. You know, it, it's, religion is the one that takes the pastor that makes a mistake, takes a pastor that sins, and religion crucifies him and kicks him out and makes him feel like crap. That's not what God does. Relationship brings someone to repentance and restoration. Religion does not. So people who, who's, I mean, who is not allowed in Transformation Church? No perfect people. What if somebody's committed adultery before? Come on. What if somebody is gay? Come on. What if somebody um, doesn't believe in Christ and they want to learn? Come on. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> God gave us Ten Commandments, right? Yeah. We talked about that. Four of them have to do with him, and six of them have to do with people. If you really broke them down, look at the commandments, four and six, okay, ten. That's all he gave us. Jesus, when he was confronted by the Pharisees, the the attorneys, basically, of that time, was confronted and said, what is the greatest commandment? Because they were trying to trap him into saying one was better than another. Mm, I remember that. And all Jesus said to them, was the greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Basically, he took all 10 commandments and made them two. Love God, love people. God loves the adulterer. God loves the someone who's gay. God loves whatever the sin is. God doesn't condone the sin. This is where society has gotten Mm. it wrong. Society has taken it and said, we have to accept the sin. My sin, your sin, it doesn't matter. Sin is sin. There is no ranking on sin. There is a denominational religion that ranks sin. We're not it. There is no such thing as a cardinal sin. The whole reason cardinal sins came about is because only the cardinals of that church could abstain the sin, could forgiveness sin, and it was based on how much money you paid. That's not relationship. That is religion. So sin is sin. Look, if, if you are living a life of homosexuality or if you're living a life of adultery and you come to our church and you hear me talk about sin i'm not calling you out i'm calling sin out and it's and it's not judging you here's why it's not judging you because i sin too i am not perfect i make mistakes i put on my pants one leg at a time so there's nothing magical about me i'm no different i just understand what god's word says and god's word said is to love people 
and love him. That was amazing. So it's nothing personal. It's not personal. It's the world personal. tells us to make it personal and the world it, tells us yes. to make it personal and that divides us. And, and, and the world tells us that when you hear someone like me saying this, I'm homophobic or I'm Islamophobic oh, yeah. or, and I'm not, I truly will accept anyone that comes to me because God loves them. And if God loves them, even in their sin, I have to love them. I might not like them. Call it, call it what it is. I may not like that person, but I have to love that person just as deeply as God loves that person. Do you feel that when those people, when you are confronted with those people, that it's almost a test for you? It's almost like, all right, all right, Jeff, let, let's, let's see what you got, you know? All I can say is bring it. I mean, <laughs> we, we're judged by our fruits. That's what we're told. We're judged by our fruits. And the first fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it, it sounds so simple, and it is simple. I just did a four-week message on this, John. We did Love God, Love People for four weeks. I, I talked about the different types of love, and it, it, makes, it made me even deeper in understanding what he's trying to tell us to do. Just treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Mm. Do you want to be loved? Of course you do. Yes. There are people that I have wronged in my life. It is what it is. I'm a man. Man, we, we mess up. We mess up all the time. Mm. But because I know and understand that sin isn't ranked, there's nothing you could do that's any different than my sin. And I'm not perfect. I'm... Tell everybody, you'll hear me tell an off-color joke every now and then. Yep, a pastor that might cuss. Oh my gosh, it yeah. happens. Things mess up. Sometimes as, as, as much as I try not to be angered over little things, someone cuts me off in traffic, it ticks me off. Yeah, so you're changing, you know, a, a perspective and a stigma. And, you know, a lot of people think preachers think they're better than everybody else, think that, hey, if you're not living like me, you know, why, why is, has it come to that? The, the, why do I feel that way? Not you. Why, why is, um, well, you know, a lot of people think that preachers and, uh, people who lead churches, you know, you're going to go in there and, and, uh, I'll tell you what, before I started going to church, that was one of my biggest fears. Because of religion. It's being called out. You need to, you need, like, whoa, okay, now I'm embarrassed. Now, you know, yeah, I have messed up, and I do want to better myself, but why, why did I come in here? I'm just being called out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I get it. And, and get I'm it. not saying that I, it, I won't answer to everything I've done, because I, I think I it's did. the way it's presented. I, I, I truly do. It goes back to religion. Religion is a bunch of rules. Religion is a bunch of don'ts. If we break down the relationship with Jesus to two things, love God and love people, what else is there? There's a lot of people who are very religious who give people who truly give their hearts to Christ a bad name. Have you experienced that? Have you seen it? And what do you think about that? What's the word you used? Religious. Religion is the downfall of Christianity. Christianity Whoa. is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. I've said it two or three times already. Religion, again, is, is man-made rules. So people who go into Transformation Church expecting, you know, hey, this is what you got to do. Boom, 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 boom. You got to you kneel down, get up, put your left foot in, all this, you know. No, we don't do that. No hokey pokey. So <laughs> you're, you're really opening up my eyes too. like when people talk to a, a preacher, which I do too, I got, oh, oh, okay. You know, hello. You know, I, I try to, you know, oh, I don't want to offend or I don't want to. So, so, okay. You said offend. Yeah. What is, what is an offense? An offense is, um, me doing or saying something that might. Um, trigger uh, a response like getting called out on something that I'm not doing right. Okay. So 
try to figure out the, the best way to ask this question is what would you think you would have to do to offend me? Um, as a preacher or as no, Jeff as, as, a, as a person, what would you, what would you think you would, we're not, we're one in the same. I, I don't, I'm not a preacher just on Sundays and I'm not Jeff Tellerico just the other six days of the week. I am the same 24, seven, seven days a week, John. It's who I am. I'm not going to, uh, the definition of a hypocrite is when you're not yourself on Sunday. Think about that. We go to church and we act totally different than we do Monday through Saturday. Why? Because that's what religion has done. You go to church and you sit in somebody's seat that normally sits there and they stand over there and overlook at you and like, you need to move now. You're in my spot. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. That's real inviting and Christian, isn't it? It's not about where you sit. It's not. So, so offense, to me, someone may do something or say something, but I have to look at that person and go, you know what, that wasn't them. I don't think anyone gets up in the morning and when their feet hit the ground, the first thing they do is, who can I go offend today? It's going to happen. I'm going to do something or say something that offends somebody. Someone may be in the congregation and hear me preach out against the sin that they're in the middle of, and they might take that as an offense, but that's on them. I'm not calling them out. I'm talking about the sin and why we need to repent of the sin. And I don't care what it is. You know, when you get two people that are supposedly on different sides of the aisle, and it's happened to me many times, <laughs> I have talked to atheists. I've talked to, you know, radical liberals. And, you know, everybody knows for the most part I'm, you know, you know, conservative but you know don't put me in a slot everybody because i don't i don't like to be in a slot but um i've talked to a lot of different people from a lot of different genres or categories and we have more in common than you can imagine and it's just that one little thing that we might for the most part have more in common on that than than you can imagine so what causes the division? I think all the outside noise causes the division. I really do. So why do we listen? Why do we have to label ourselves Republicans, Democrats, conservative, liberals, atheists? Well, I know why an atheist is, is labeled that. I mean, that's their choice. Mm. But even, even in the, the realm of faith, you have Baptists, Episcopalians, and Protestants, and Methodists, and, and Presbyterians, and Mormons, and non-denominations. I mean, we have all these labels. It's overwhelming. But show me in the Bible where there were labels. Man has made religion. Because each one of those things I've mentioned has a higher authority that they answer to that sets rules for everybody else in that denomination. What type of church is transformation? We are church? a non-denominational church. I have one higher authority, and that's God himself, and I use his book. I didn't write it. So if you don't like me talking about a sin that you may be in, take it up with the author. It wasn't me that wrote it. Let's say somebody is in one of these, um, you know, that, that does, that does sin. Cause I sin, I, I cuss all the time. I'm an ex We all do. But let's say somebody, you know, is like, okay, I want to talk to Jeff and, and I'm going to work up the courage. Cause I want to, you know, talk to him just like we're talking now. Would you? Absolutely. What would you attack them? No. Then My why is there this, this pre- deposition this this mindset like he's over there he's a preacher he's a christian i'm not you know he's my enemy be, he's be, gonna attack me because the world has said that john the enemies in this world this isn't our world if you're a believer this isn't our end game this is a warm-up for eternity that's all it is and you mentioned it a minute ago we're gonna have to answer for everything that we've ever done and those of us 
my belief as a believer is, is that when we get to see God in person in heaven, he's going to come down and he's going to have the gavel in his hand if this is going to be the look of it. And he's going to throw me and say guilty until his son steps in and says, I've covered him with my blood. Mm. That's the God. And it's okay. He's not this big, scary thing on a throne. I've had the argument before. Well, God killed people in the Bible. Yeah, why? Because they didn't listen to what he said. He opened up the earth and swallowed people because they didn't listen to what he said. He's a vengeful God. He, he asks us to do things. But he gave us away to him by sending his son because we couldn't keep the rules that he had in place. And he made it even better for us by giving us that, that final lamb. That's what he did, John. That's where the love comes from. And that's where our love for people has to come from. I, I was challenged by a pastor because our, our, our slogan, our mission, if you will, is to teach people how to love God, love people, find freedom, and find their design. Mm. And he said, that's really fine and dandy. Everybody says that. There's a hundred churches in America that say that. And my challenge to him was, then come visit us and see if you don't feel it. Because I promise you, you walk into our place and everybody there will hug your neck. If you're a hugger. If you're not, be prepared. You're going to get hugged. What's the objection for him? Like, what, why is he objecting to the it, way you... It, it, it's because it is a cliche, if you will. Everybody says, love God, love people. That's what we're supposed to do. But who's really living it? You ask me why I think we're growing? We're living it. You focus on people. We do. Just like, just like sales. God focuses on people. You focus on the people. And uh, I, I, think it's, I, I think it's very important on all aspects of life. I think we sell all the time. We are selling. And I'm not trying to sell anybody on God. I'm not. That's not it, my job is to deliver his message. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict you and make you realize that you need him. It's not my job. My job is, again, I just deliver the message that he, that he wants me to deliver. And if one person, if it was meant for one person, great. Have you, have you ever been to a, to a service and you left there going, man, he was talking to me today? Mm -hmm. Everybody feels that. They really do. Because that's the Holy Spirit that's convicting you of something that was said. I can deliver a message and four different people say, man, you wrote that about me. And it's different parts of the message. And I didn't write it about them at all. I hadn't, they weren't on my mind. You ever have somebody offended because they think that you're, you wrote it all just because you want to target that person? No, I haven't. I haven't yet. Okay. Cause I, I've borderline been like, did he write that about me? Like, so, so here's the deal. You let that offend you or was that the Holy spirit convicting you of what you may have been going through? That's it, it was the word and it was what I was going through at the time. And it just so happened. The, the word, according to the word is sharper than a two edged sword. It can cut through both bone and marrow. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Cause it was the true. truth hurts. It was true. So, so we, we live in a society that the truth becomes offensive. Yes. Yes. Jeff, we are going to offend people today. Well, I, Please understand if you're a listener on this, my intention was not to offend you. My intention is just to talk the truth that I believe. I'm joking, y'all. Well, I know, but it, it's, I, I want people to understand that. Look, we're, I'm about loving people. I'm about loving God. And to some people, that's offensive. Yeah. Okay. On the other aspect of that, um, how hard is it to tell somebody that they are sinning? If they come to you personally and say, hey, look, this is a life I'm living, um, you have to tell them, right? Yeah, the really cool part is I don't have to tell them. Then how do you handle that situation? We talk. Now, the Word of God says, do you believe in the Bible? Yes. Okay. Well, according to His Word, this is what it says about what you're doing. It's not me. My opinion doesn't matter. It's not Jeff Tellerico. No. And that's where society is all messed up. 
if I'm, if my job is to help somebody and that's exactly what my job is, if I'm to help you, I need to, I need to have you understand what the word says and, and know out of love, it is not me passing judgment. That is not it at all. My job is to open up the scriptures to you so you understand it, so the Holy Spirit can talk to you through it. And if you feel that conviction, if you feel that issue going on, that's God. Why don't you just take all of this and not open a church? Why don't you take all of this, you and your family say, we're going to go to heaven and y'all can do what y'all want to do. Why did you open Transformation Church and why did you want... It's not easy. You got to do this every Sunday and not just every Sunday, but you got to prepare the whole week. You got to make sure everything's right and it takes work. Why didn't you just take the glory of getting into heaven and keep it for you and your family? Because his word gave us a commission. It says, go into the world and make disciples. Having someone saved, that's great. It's fine and dandy, and, and yes, you'll spend eternity with me. But if I can't teach you to go and do this for other people, you're missing a part of the Great Commission. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Please understand that. Once you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're saved. You don't have to do anything because it is not a, it's not works-related. It's by faith. But the works that we have the opportunity to do bring so much joy and satisfaction on this earth. It gets us through this thing called earth. Make disciples. Have you ever encountered somebody that has not been saved, that did not accept Jesus Christ in their hearts, and now they do? Absolutely. How does that feel to you in your heart knowing that that you helped lead them to Christ? All I did was do what God asked me to do. It am I joyful for them? Absolutely. I'm I, I'm let me give you a story of my, my parents. I was raised in a denominational church that we weren't allowed to pray to Jesus. We had to talk to somebody else to get to him. That's what they believe. Mm. I was too. Both of my parents became believers before they died. They both came to the realization that they needed a relationship with Jesus Christ before they died. If I've, if I've lead nobody else to Christ other than my two parents that I did, I'm content. I'm happy because that's what I prayed for. I didn't pray for their healing. I prayed for their salvation. And once their salvation come, came, I prayed for their healing. And did God heal them? Yeah. They're no longer in pain. They're no longer confused and living a life of being sick and ill. Yes, they died on the earth. But the minute they took their last breath here, they were breathing with Jesus. Is it? So, so I have like a two-part question. And how free do you feel knowing this? And before that, was there ever a time you didn't truly believe that there was a heaven and how scary was it if you didn't believe that? You know where I'm going with it? Like, how free do you feel knowing that there is a heaven and knowing that this is real? And did you ever not believe that? You know, I, I always believed in heaven and hell. And I always believed that is it really going to be as bad if I don't do what I'm being asked to do? But I didn't, I didn't accept Jesus Christ until I was 18. Again, I I was raised in this denomination that, you know, I said things, I did things because that's what you did when you became a certain age. Memorize things. Yeah. But that's, but that, that's only, I only did that because I was told I had to do it. Mm. Accepting Christ is something no one can force you to do. You have to be ready. My dad, he he was so mad at me when I told him my mom accepted Christ. Why? Because he thought I filled her head with a bunch of bull crap. Because that's not the way they were raised. And he didn't talk to me for about eight months. They were divorced. They weren't even living together. But then for him 
to have accepted him before he passed away, that meant the world to me. And I didn't push religion on my parents. I just lived my life in relationship with Christ and they watched how I lived my life. That was the witness. Now, can I tell you there's people in this town that have seen me do things and say things that I'm not proud of? Absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. And, then, and if they're the ones that are going to say, yeah, and he calls himself a preacher, well, yeah, because I'm, I'm a human. I'm a man. I make mistakes. Don't look at God through me because it'll let you down every time. Look at God for who God is and what he can do. He will save you through your sin. That's so comforting. It's, it's what the Bible says, It really John. is. So, so those who you have seen change and who have turned into believers, do you see a sense of stress lifted off, off of them? Absolutely. They're free. We do, we, do a, we do a 12-week study twice a year called Freedom where we teach people how to get rid of this bondage, how to get rid of the baggage. You know, and, and it starts, in fact, tonight's the first week. Um, it, it starts with a story about the Garden of Eden. And there's two trees in the center of the Garden of Eden. Do you know that? I thought there was one. Sure, there is. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. But there's another tree in the garden too. And on that tree is the freedom that we have. It's the tree of life. You've heard of the tree of life, right? Yeah. It's in the garden, right next to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Huh. And we have to choose every day which tree are we going to live in. The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there's, and there's, there's nothing wrong with having knowledge. It's how did you attain the knowledge and what was the reason that you wanted the knowledge? Was it to promote life or was it for your own gain? That's the difference. We live in the tree of life. We don't live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We choose the tree of life. And that's what we try to teach people. That's what freedom is all about, John. It's about that. Being free. Knowing that you're going to offend somebody and it's not on you. If they take offense, it's on them for being offended. You, unless you purposely want to get up and say, I'm going to do something that's going to really tick him off today. Yeah. But we don't do that. That's not normal for us to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And it's, it's not on you personally, like you said earlier. It's, yeah, it, it's not personal. You know, I, I know, I know a guy here in town who works, um, he works for an alcohol distributor and, and I know he tithes very regularly and I know he goes to a church, the pastor's up there preaching against alcohol. How does that make that guy feel? I don't know. Now, do I think that alcohol can be a problem? Yes. But the Bible doesn't say you can't drink. No, it doesn't. So you're not going to hear me say you can't drink. If you have a problem with alcohol, God wants you. And if God has you and you have a problem with alcohol, as soon as God has you, he'll deal with your problem with alcohol. Yeah. That's his saving grace. There's, there's people that I hang out with. I hang out with, you know, I used to not, my first year not drinking, mm -hmm. I couldn't be around anybody drinking. Because of that temptation was yeah. still there. But now, look, I can't drink. Well, I, I, of course I physically can, but... I you know it. you can't. Yes. Every, like, it doesn't bother me being at a gathering. I'll get a club soda and hang out, but there are people that do drink, and they could stop at two or three. There's, okay, I'm a pastor. There's alcohol in my house. Why? I don't have a drinking problem. Yeah, I do. Everybody yeah. knows it, it, you know? And, and my wife could probably tell you the last time I had a drink, because I don't drink very often, but I have it in my house but I'm not going to tell someone they can't. Now, if you came to visit me, guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to offer you a drink. Why? Because I know you have a problem. Yeah. But for me to say I can't have alcohol in my house because so-and-so has a problem, that's, that's ludicrous. That's not what the Bible says. Or for me to say you can't drink because it might lead somebody else to drinking, I'm sorry. I, 
we, we all have a level of our own accountability. We all have to make our own choices. I can't make the choice for you. Is there a sense of responsibility in your position? I mean, is it stressful? To me, no. I, I, and people don't understand this. I mean, I literally work seven days a week, and it's okay. God has given me rest. I have my rest. I really do. I'm, I've been in this town for 26 years. A lot of people know me. When I have downtime, I take my downtime. But when I'm on, I have to be on. Because I do it in such a way that I think is honoring to God. And if I'm honoring God with what I'm doing, he'll take care of me, John. I, I just I just do. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. So it, it's, not, it's not stressful? It's not, I mean... Sure, life can be stressful. Okay, let, let's jump back. So yes, life can be stressful. But what is stress? Stress would be not me not trusting God. God. If he tells us to give him his, to give us his burdens or our burdens and take his yoke, which is light. Okay. He can have them. They're his problems to deal with, not mine. That's where that sense of uh, freedom and relieving stress comes from. Absolutely. From the non-believer to the believer or the non, how would you describe somebody who hasn't been saved yet or even saved. What do you think about the word saved? Like, how do you, do you think it's somebody who has not yet seen the light? There's, uh, there are a lot of people that, you know, they, they take salvation down to the words you say, the prayer. Yeah. That's not salvation. Salvation happens in the heart. Salvation happens in the mind. The word of God says that those who believe on him will be saved belief by faith we can't see him we can't touch him we can't feel him we have to have faith that what his word says is true and there are people that don't understand faith there's people that don't understand the word hope they say that it's, it's they're all made up things okay believe what you want to believe i choose to believe that faith is real i choose to believe that hope is real i choose to believe that heaven and hell are real and if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior to absolve you of the sins when the gavel comes down, because we all are going to go through judgment, when the gavel comes down, he doesn't say, I knew you. I, have, I believe that. And, and here's the, the better part. I've had agnostics or atheists bring that question up to me. What if you're wrong? Okay. If I'm wrong, I've lost nothing. I've had a nice life. I've enjoyed my time here on earth. I'm able to help people see, in my opinion, to give them some hope, to give them a reason to want to be alive, to give them joy and happiness and to be nice. Mm. But if I'm right, I have eternity. And they don't. The quality of life as a follower of Christ compared to an atheist. Do you, I mean, I see the life of an atheist more stressful because all of those problems are all in here. I, 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 couldn't, I can't answer that. I, I don't know. They might have their own way of dealing with things that are different. I, I don't know, John. And I can't, I can't sit here and say that they're wrong for believing what they want to believe. That's their choice. I mean, they believe they are right. And, and more power to them. I believe I'm right. But the beauty of having relationship and not religion is I can't force you to agree with me. Relationship. And that's, and that's not my job. My job's not to force anybody, whether... Let's go back to the political realm. In a hundred years, there may not be Republicans and Democrats. I mean, when's the last time you saw a Federalist or a Whig? Those were our political parties when we started our country. Yep. They went by the wayside. So are there Christians who are both Republicans and Christians who are Democrats? Yeah. Okay. So why do they fight? 
because they're labeled. I look at this and say, I, I am fortunate enough to have been born and raised in this country, the United States of America. Okay? Mm -hmm. do, I, do I believe everything that the Republican Party says or stands for? No. Do I believe everything that the Democratic Party believes or stands for? No. I don't. I believe what the Bible says. And if anyone, it, I'm not going to ever say I'm a Republican or a Democrat. And I mean, if they ask me, that's fine. I'll tell them what side I, I, I may lean more towards, but I'm a Christian. God doesn't care a lick about Republicans or Democrats. And I hate to tell you sports fans, God doesn't care a lick who wins the game on Sunday. <laughs> so chief fans, you could be praying all you want and Eagle fans, you can be praying all you want. God's not going to answer either of those prayers. Who do you think is going to win? In my opinion? Yeah. In my opinion, I, I'm a Mahomes guy because he went to Tech. <laughs> Mahomes. Sorry. He, he went to Tech. I watched him play. He's an awesome quarterback. He's, He's got talent. probably the best quarterback right now. Well, I it, really believe that. You know, so it, that's what it boils down to. It, it, it's, look, I, there's nothing I can do or say to force anybody into believing. That comes through the Holy Spirit's conviction, not me. Mm. All I can do is introduce. All I can do is say, this is what... This is what worked for me. And if they know me, I have joy. I have love. I have peace. I have comfort. I have all those things. Do I display them all at the same time? Nope. Why? Because of man. I mess up. But I'm forgiven. And I don't purposely try to offend anybody because I think that is wrong. And there's nothing in the world I won't do for somebody as long as it's legal, moral, and ethical. That's true. That's true. I, I, I have a rule book that I follow. And, and, and again, sometimes I miss the mark. Jeff, I'm honored to know <laughs> you. No, really, I, I am. I'm honored to know you. When I first met you, I was like, wow. I, I've listened to that podcast like six or seven <laughs> times after that. And I think that... Um, I'm going to do the same with this one. We haven't even dug into master's touch <laughs> communication. Guess I'll have to come back again, won't I? Would you like to? Absolutely. Yeah, come on back so we can talk directly to Kerrville and tell him, you know, I think this was beautiful. It's it's who you are, what you stand for. Um, and it's kind of like a, a little summary of a Transformation Church a little bit. A little bit. And people, you know, who, who want to go, uh, what what times do the services start? Where do they go? Do they have to sign up for anything? Do they have to wear a certain attire? Yeah, clothing is not optional. You have to wear clothing. <laughs> we are not a nudist church. Sorry. <sighs> no, I don't, look, it's, it, again, who sets the rules on what you wear to church? Not me. I've seen it. I've seen you had We've had people in shorts and flip-flops. We have people in jeans, and we've had... I take that back. Nobody's worn a tie yet. I haven't even worn a tie yet. I don't think. I may have once. I don't wear ties anymore. I've worn forever. But that doesn't make who I am. I wear jeans. I'll preach in jeans. I might wear a shirt. Sometimes it's tucked in. Sometimes it's untucked. My message comes from God. I, I truly believe he shows me the words he once shared this week. And there's a lot of times that I'll be in the middle of a message and he'll change something. Okay. I just got to follow the lead. Mm. So we meet at 1030 on Sunday mornings. Go to findtransformation.com. It's got everything on the website. Findtransformation.com. Find you know, and, and just check it out. My sermons are on there. We have a YouTube channel. It's at Transformation Kerrville. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I mean, it, all the messages are up there. And before we do go, um, we haven't, and on the next episode, we'll touch on Masters to Touch Communication, but y'all can follow it on Facebook too. I just recently did, and uh, you want to talk about a daily? <laughs> it, it, it's I awesome. uh, I post. I should post. Try to post uh, five days a week on that, and and I do it on LinkedIn. So I put it on LinkedIn, and then I put it on Facebook, and I'll put a link on Instagram and Twitter to get to the articles. But again, with Master's Touch Communication, I do it all the way that God would want me to do it. I have to be honoring Him in everything that I do, and. 
And what's really cool is, I mean, if you really go look at Master's Touch or, or if you go to Find Transformation, look at the logos. They're very similar. And that's for a reason. Everything I do in my normal profession that I'm not allowed to talk about uh, on the air because I didn't get prior approval, all my logos have one common theme because I have to give credit to where credit's due. Mm. And that's the cross. Everybody, Mr. Jeff Tallarico, episode 98 of the Kerbal <laughs> Podcast. It was an honor to have you on, my friend. Thank you, buddy. I Appreciate can't you. Wait to have you back on. And uh, that's a wrap, y'all. <laughs>